Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All the uh, keep going, Kenny. All it's the good feels, stuff. Reunited, yeah. blah, 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 blah. That's the lyric yeah. I like most. Yeah. My that, favorite one. Yeah. Hi, fellas. We're going to let this go. Hi, ahead. No, keep going. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Welcome mm-hmm. back. You want to keep going? No. <laughs> Oh, it's your turn. Uh, do you have do you have Senegal or Colombia this morning, Kenny? Uh, Senegal. Senegal? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Colombia have the good drugs. Uh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of good drugs, Chip Scoggins is in with us from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Ding, ding. Gets one to hit, drives it to right. This one is deep. This one is gone. Trevor Lardich, 19th. And Oregon State roars to the top. Here in the ninth, they now lead it 5-3. We just showed Chipper the videos. So we can start with the bad Twins news, which is they're just terrible and keep losing to teams like the White Sox. Or the good Twins news, which is their first-round yeah. draft pick was a hero in Game 2 of the College World Series last night. Or we can start with the Arkansas right fielder, which is <laughs> yeah. How that does is that, an epic choke right how there. How does that ball drop? Let's set it up for the audience, because I'm going to assume that most people didn't watch Game 2 of the College World Series last night. It's probably the most people who watch college baseball, but it's yeah. still a small fraction. So Arkansas is up 3-2 to two in the ninth inning. We just showed Chipper this video and his jaw dropped. Like, how can this happen? Arkansas is up 3-2 in the ninth. Two outs, two strikes. So they're one strike away from winning the College World Series. So they're up one game to none in a three-game series. And they haven't lost a game in the College World Series yet. Tying run on second base for Oregon State, the team that knocked the Gophers out like two weeks ago. And the pitcher gets this sky-high pop-up to shallow right field foul territory. Three fielders converge. Second baseman, first baseman, and right fielder, who it should have been his ball all the way. Ball drops directly in between all three of them. They all stare at each other nervously because it's the College World Series. And uh, batter hangs in there, drives a single to left to tie the game. And then Trevor Larnick, the Twins' first-round draft pick, gets up and just ropes a ball over the left uh, right field fence to put them up to now. Now they play tonight again. So ba- it's kind of fun watching the future of the Twins. Some yeah, fire, some passion, some clutch Back hitting. to my question. How does that ball drop? I have no idea. How do you not call everybody off and say, I've got that damn ball, I'll catch it, we win the College World Series? Well, we could do another Judd Athlete Challenge and see how many times out of 27 Judd catches these that. Young men, these, these young men are supposed to be able to catch the ball. I am not trained yeah. to catch the ball. They are. Yeah, they is. are trained to catch that ball. I, 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 I might tune in just to see... Arkansas's body language and how they respond because I got to imagine that was you don't sleep much last night if you're Arkansas after that. Yeah, it felt very much like LeBron James in the huddle before overtime of Game One of the Finals. Like how do you even <laughs> yeah. how do you go back on the playing? You didn't know how much time we had. <laughs> we didn't know we were winning. There is something that's that is this is a sick thing to say, but there's something very fun about watching really uptight sports teams and baseball teams in particular. 
Because you're right. They're going to come out now, and you're going to be able, through the television, to feel the pressure. There's some. There's a, a, a sick enjoyment that I get from try, from watching a team try to operate that absolutely knows they blew a game. You ambulance chaser. Yeah, yeah and, that, and now they're going to be, and now they're going to come out, and they're going to be so uptight. Is it going to be like the 2004 World Series where the Yankees mm-hmm. started slipping, Yes. And all of a sudden, all the pressure shifted to them because they had a chance to, to close the series out, and the hey, Red Sox just throttled them in Game 7. Yeah, if you're Oregon State, you got nothing to lose now. I mean, you're on borrowed time, right? I mean, this game, this Absolutely, should not even be yeah. this game. So played. you could play loose and, oh my gosh. It's Bartman, right? Like Bart, Bartman Bartman reached for, for that ball, Alou goes nuts, and you said to yourself, the Cubs are in huge trouble now. I would and re- the next ball goes through the shortstop. I would rather see those three guys collide than have the ball... <laughs> Land between them. You know what I'm saying? Like, go for the ball. It's the, the national title. The right fielder is dead. But yeah, but he tried yeah, to yeah, yeah. He's bl- gushing blood. When I asked him about uh, Shields not stopping, he had just came back with a very, I thought, an insulting, sarcastic line to me. That ended, I went in the dugout, nothing said. I came out, nothing said which I wasn't going to say anything. And then when Rosario got on third, I just walked up to Rosario and then Jerry ended up there and I just told him, I said, I thought that was a horse thing you said to me last inning. And then the conversation started and um, as we started to separate, I said, well, think whatever you want. I still think it was a horse thing you said. He threw me. Well, at that point I didn't care. Then I said whatever I wanted to say. I was already thrown out, but I didn't swear at him or cuss or anything before it, unless horse in today's world. What does that say? <laughs> <laughs> Let's parcel this one. We're now to the point in the twin season where the third base coach is getting ejected, and, oh. and uh, he's the highlight of a three-hour game. So it is great that Gene Glenn's like the nicest guy in the world that he's getting run. You know, he's very, think, he's very meditative. He's very yeah. Phil Jackson like. I yeah. think he's right. I, I think horse bleep should be yeah. as of today cleared and allowed. I it's love, a very benign. It's a very benign thing to say to somebody. It's cleansing right? though, yeah, right? Like, sure, that was I a agree. real horse bleep decision. I so I like it. I wonder what the. the uh, the umpire said. I mean, I wonder what to get him riled up, Gene Glenn, because well, he, he just seems like a very mellow, calm guy, like, like you said, very thoughtful guy according for him to, to get Jerry's, that mad to get thrown out. According to Jerry's quotes, he tried to explain his perception of what the Bach rule is. Gene said, I didn't think that. And I think Jerry Davis's thing that ticked off Gene Glenn was basically to say, well, then you don't understand the Bach rule. Well, yeah. Well, you, if you watch it, it doesn't look like Shields come set. It looks like it's just... You know, one fluid motion, and that's, so I can understand why they. Um, now, I don't. I was listening to Malder on, on the post game about why he got run. He was talking about stepping off the rubber and, and all that. Yeah. But I thought he didn't come set. I got to be honest. It doesn't matter. I don't give yeah. a, a rat's bleep about the Twins, right? Now. Yeah. So Judd and I just came back from vacation. This is our first show back, yeah. and uh, they were teetering when Judd and I went on vacation. They're eight and a half back right now. Eight games under five hundred. That's eight and a half back of the division, by the way. Even more back in the wild card race. Like, can we be done with this whole? Yeah. What are they? Are they? They're sellers. They're going to trade everybody. They should trade everybody, and, and they, they should, should start sometime in the next few days. Amen. See, right. The thing that, that's yes. frustrating is like you watch them, and I went to a couple of those games where they be selling price like back to back nights, and you're thinking, uh-huh. okay, here you go. Now they're going to get beat a, Kluber at one point. Kluber, too. Yeah, and and then they lose. You know, two last series to the Rangers, two the. Uh, the first two to the White Sox is just well. Oh, when when three of your franchise players, one's hitting a buck fifty in Triple A right now. Another one, what did you guys say, went one for five against Single A pitching yeah, last night three with three strikeouts. strikeouts. Yeah. And then a third one is batting about two ten. Max Kepler can't get a hit off a right handed pitcher give, now. Let me give you guys the problematic thing about this Twins. In a nutshell, that this team here is here is the problem with two thousand eighteen. 
We all assumed that in the Central, the games against Cleveland would be difficult, right? But the White Sox, Tigers, and KC, we all said, well, that's that's guaranteed X amount of wins. Against Cleveland this year, the Twins are 6-3. and three. Against the White Sox, they're 6-5, and five, including 2-4 and four in the last six. Against Detroit, they're 3-3. Three and three. Against KC so far, 1-2. and two. In other words, they're 16-13 and 13 against the Central. They are 10-10 and 10 against the teams that we assumed that they would beat up on. That, yeah, to me, yeah. is the most telling thing. And they're still in second place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the division they're is just a cluster. Second place. Cleveland will win it by 15, probably, right? The division is horse bleep. Yeah, it is. Uh, but so, at the, at this point, though, I know that Thad Levine's on the record from uh, this MLB.com article that came out a couple days ago saying, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to walk both sides. We're trying to be mindful that we have people coming back that could help us. How much better could we get if Buxton comes back? If this, if this. But... If you're relying with 30 days before the trade deadline on the ifs and the hypotheticals and the prayer of a chance, I think you know what the decision is, and I think I think they do too. They, yeah. I think they I think this is what they wanted to do last year, even more so, and even in the off season, but they couldn't because they went on the run in August and September. Well, and beside that, and it, I, I haven't seen the latest update on Urban Santana, but last time I was there, I heard Mulder say he didn't reach 90 on the gun during his one during the uh, yeah. though he I think he threw 45 pitches, didn't hit 90, so. I mean, who knows what he's going to come back and be like. And, and Polanco, we're assuming best case scenario, but what if he comes back and struggles? He had an injury setback, too. The, so the he finger, slammed yeah. his, fin- hit in his finger a in a car door, and then it got infected. Yeah. But besides that, 2018 yeah, is going great. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. This team, yeah, this team is, and, and Phil's right. They need to start tr- uh, trading soon. There's so many bad teams that if you walk this thing up to, to late July, there's a lot of teams that are going to fill needs before then. So if you are going to be competitive as far as dumping players off, you want to start doing it within a couple of weeks. You do not want to wait till late July. But here's the thing: is like, what kind of value does Dozier have now to somebody? Some of these pitchers that you know that you might be able to unload. Where's the value? You know, what kind of value are they going to bring back? So my, here's a, here's a Dozier question for you guys. I know what I would say if I were an opposing team trying to get him. So he'd be a he'd be a three month rent a player right now. Uh, and he's you know he's having a classic down half of a season, but knowing that he always ends the year with his standard twenty eight to forty home runs, and he always has that two or three month run in him, could you pitch his value to other teams? Like, hey, look at his track record. You mm. know that he's going to beast out. That's for, what you have for to. Two I months. think that's all you. That's your only you have right. play right now. But if I'm a team looking to acquire him, I say, I mean, he's super streaky and he hasn't really clicked yet, and you've moved him down in the order. And he's a rent a player. It's hard. It's hard knowing that you're going to trade him, and he's going to go wherever he goes to the Mariner, wherever yeah, he's yeah. going to go somewhere, and he's going to absolutely break out and become this <laughs> incredible player for like two months. Yeah, I just I think the leverage is on the other side more than the Twins right it now. It is absolutely, and the fact that they tried to trade him two off seasons ago after a big season mm. in the middle of his team friendly contract with two years left on it, and the best they could get in terms of offers that went public. It was the the one for one deal. I think it was with the Dodgers and Dalio, who was like under the. You're going to have to you're you're going to have to shop him with exactly this. He's going to hit 15 bombs, right? Yeah. He's going to hit 15. If he gets really hot, it's going to be more than than that. But I think you have to. And and Twins fans, I think our perception as well. It's still Dozier. That's a pretty good trade asset. I think the reality is you're going to end up trading him, and we're going to say. You got what back? That, that's it. But you're yeah. gonna, but you're going to need to take it. Yeah. And this whole thing about well, hold on to him and qualify him. I'm going to tell you what right now. At the rate he's going, he'll take he'll that. He'll take it. And and I want I want Gordon at, at second base start of next year 
So there's a very real chance that if that I take what I can get for him, but you need to start trading guys as soon as possible. Well, that's the thing. If you look at this infield and proj- and look out to next year, I think Escobar is probably your starting third baseman. But, he, but he's a free agent. If, if, yeah, he may, should, who knows what his market's going to be. You should probably trade him too in the next three weeks if you want. If you're he looking to get as much value upside. as possible, he's you should probably, probably your, trade him. I mean, other, he's probably your best asset right now in, in terms of trading. Correct. Yeah. Now, what pitchers are you going to... Here's something else to think about, too. Well, you could trade Fernando Rodney and get something. You're not going to get a top prospect. But if you were to pair some of these guys, if you went to a team and said, all right, you need a reliever and you need a a, you know, a utility player who can play anywhere who's on fire, hitting 300, you could pair those guys together, maybe get something better. But if... I, so Eduardo Escobar is 29 years old and looking at probably a, maybe a three-year contract from somebody, and he's a valuable player. But are you going to risk... Going to the end of the year with him, hoping that he'll sign. By the way, signing at the peak of his playing career, so you're going to overpay for, like, you're going to pay for the best yeah. he's ever going to be. I think you should trade him too. The more I think about it, like, it, would it be nice if he could be under some team friendly contract for the next three years? Yes, but if you can get something of of substance and value for him, and you've got Royce Lewis in your infield coming up at some point, you got Nick Gordon, Nick Gordon. coming up. Um, you should back, probably yeah. cash in on the guys who are like 30 years old, and then if you can re-sign them in the offseason, all right, so be it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when they when they do decide, all right, you know, we're out of this thing. It's time for the youth movement. Bring up Gordon. Bring up some of these guys to get a look, you know, look at and see what they have. Yeah. I, I don't think it's that far off, to be honest with you. 2017 was fun, but boys, it was just a, a pop-up blip year. It wasn't. If I, I think these guys are smart enough to understand that that they they expected it when I think they thought it's not going to be terrible. It it's certainly has to be improved from how atrocious 2016 was. But I think what we all need to get our heads around was that was fun, but that that was not th- this team. This team had a lot of luck and a lot of fortune in, in 17. It's had a lot go wrong in, in 18. But if you are on a trajectory to build what they w- want to build, I think you definitely explore a ton of trades, and you do not put any stock in saying, well, 2017 might be something. It was a pop-up year. But how, how much do you look at that and then say 2018 has just been a Murphy's Law year? Sure. But I think I mean, it, literally every scenario that could have gone wrong has gone but wrong. I, but There's I, not been one thing other than Escobar and, and, and Rosario. But I think what this does is this allows you now to take that step back and say, okay, Let's examine the options that are the best possible ones for within the next three years, mm-hmm. getting as yeah. good as possible. And the five guys, I think the well, it depends on what you want to do with Gibson, because Gibson has some trade value too. With with one year of team control left after this arbitration, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add him to the list. If you thought, you know what, he's 30, and if you can just if you can get something six years younger for him, there's six guys to me on this roster that actually have trade value. That even despite. Like Dozier struck. Dozier has some trade value just based on his track record. Escobar has a ton of trade value. Fernando Rodney has some. You're always looking for that little seventh, eighth sure. inning piece. If there's a team that already maybe has their eighth, that maybe he can be the third best reliever in a in a bullpen. Lance Lynn's last month and a half. There's some value there and his overall track record. And then Joe Mauer would be the other one if you went to him and said, "All right, we talked about this a week ago." I know you have a no-trade clause, and it's, it's, it's been something we haven't explored at all to this point during your contract, but you get on base 40% of the time, and you could go somewhere. There's three teams that want you. The Mariners want you, uh, and there's uh, the Cardinals want you, whatever. And if you waive it, you can still come back here maybe in the offseason, but this is a chance for you to go compete for a World Series. You could have that conversation. I think there's six guys. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the value that Mauer in the trade market would be. I mean, I know you say he gets on base forty percent of the time. You're saying like if if you you could a team I, would I say if you, if you don't think anybody would be interested in Joe Mauer at a four hundred on base percentage. I don't know the way the know. way he's going now. No, I would say yeah. If you he, could get get him back to uh, pre concussion again, now too. Yeah. So he's been I've been in Vegas getting drunk yeah. since <laughs> coming back. He's I, just, I don't see I don't see it at all. You know, personally, the other ones I could make a case with that one. I just don't. Uh, that one wouldn't. Hey, if I can get something for him, though. Come on, Joe. Go win somewhere. Go try and get your ring. <laughs> hey, the future is bright, gentlemen. Gets one to hit. Drives it to right. This one is deep. This one is gone. Trevor Lardis, 19th. And Oregon State roars to the top here in the ninth. They now lead it 5-3. is going to be a great year in Twins territory. Buxton <laughs> gone. Snow gone. Just wait. Larnick. Larnick, the future is coming. Uh, Chip Scoggins hanging out with us. We've got all kinds of stuff. Roy Smalley today, Matthew Collar on the big Daniil Hunter contract extension. I have a Jimmy Butler-related thing to run by you guys when we come back. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And you know what they need? Tweaks. 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 On 1500 ESPN. Attention. Radio alert. Mackie and Judd now continue on 1500 ESPN. And it's time for more Mackey and Judd FC. Here are Philip Mackey and Judson Zalgad. Okay, what, what happened? Oh, we're at the replay. Columbia uh, and the Senegal. Bar. The video assisted review is now in play. Uh, there is like we had a tackle. Here is it is. A... Okay, Chip's here. Hi, Chip. <laughs> Nothing like little Vols mixed with hey, football. Uh, morning soccer. This is football. Football. At one point in the last couple days, well, I can't remember which game it was. One, I've been glued to most of these games. Um, there was a crowd that was chanting VAR, VAR, because they yeah, <laughs> you got to get VAR involved. Because <laughs> it was like a, it was a key crucial <laughs> yeah. situation. But it, so who's going to get the PK here? So it looks like I Senegal's going to get a penalty kick in the 16th minute of this crucial game. You guys are out on the World Cup. It sounds like I just I just haven't. Um... The times are weird for me. What do you me mean too. The times are weird. They me start too. At, the game started at nine and one o'clock. I know. I have a time. job. <laughs> I work. I can't just sit around and watch. The- yeah, oh, you like? What are you sitting in a cubicle all day? You're a sports writer. You know, I can't watch sports. I have a job. Yeah, the problem. Write stories. The problem for for me was, you know, it, it's all well and good to see the start times of the next day's games yeah. when, when you're in Boston drinking and thinking I'm going to get up, but then when you had a few too many beers, you don't get up. I oh, could. So you can, I you could work until one o'clock. I didn't get up till like eleven most times, oh, and by then it was twenty-one. And by then I had to go sightsee. <laughs> what did you do in Boston? Just get trashed until two in the I morning. I found this <laughs> new beer harpoon. This East Coast beer harpoon. I'm going to tell yeah. you right now, boys. It's delicious. The IPA. Now the problem is, it's a little bit. I think it's about a six. So it's yeah. not. It's not low. It's not. You know obnoxiously high in alcohol content, but a harpoon beer. <laughs> I, when you have nine of them, it's... I str- yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and the wife's drinking wine, and the next thing you know, you're missing soccer. You know what the amazing thing is about Las Vegas that I, I experienced over the weekend? And that I think this applies for some reason to exotic trips like Mexico or wherever yeah. you may, may go. You can stay up late and drink as much as you want, and, and there's some places in the country and the world where you wake up bright-eyed at 7 in the morning, ready, ready to roll anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're ready to go. And this is one of those. So, it looks like Columbia got off the hook here. Yeah, yeah. they got a favorite They went to VAR. Yeah. And, it came uh, through for no them. It saved them. Um, 
I have a thought for you guys. Just been watching some of the NBA rumors and news that's been coming down here the last few days. So we're waiting on LeBron James figure out if he's going to opt in or opt for free agency. We're waiting. Paul George, it sounds like, is going to become a free agent. Uh, so there's all kinds of things we're waiting on here. And the Kawhi Leonard trade is one of them. And if you paint this Kawhi Leonard picture and then put that painting next to the Jimmy Butler picture, I see two very similar pictures next to each other. On the San Antonio side, you've got a guy who has one year left in his contract, who still has a ton of value as a top 10 or 15 player in the NBA with some injury issues, but you're just kind of hoping that those are going to go away for the next year. And the team that currently has that player knows that there's a really good chance they're going to play somewhere else, if not a certainty that they're going to play somewhere else a year from now. And so the narrative, which is correct for San Antonio, is you got to trade that guy. You'd be idiots not to trade that guy. Why are we not talking about that with Jimmy Butler? If we know that Jimmy Butler's on the record saying, basically, I'm not sure about this. Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, I am winning is my priority, and I'm just not, I'm not really feeling this. If we know he's probably going to play somewhere else in a year from now, then why aren't they looking to trade him right now? Well, I just think because Kawhi has more of a track record with that team, and more, he's more rooted in San Antonio with Pop and that organization than Jimmy, who's just been here one year. And so there's, there might be that, <clears throat> it might be delusional, but it might be that thought in San Antonio that, Hey, he can work it out with Pop. They'll eventually. I know. I think Pop flew out to Los Angeles or wherever he, he lives and had that meeting with him. And so there's just there's just more emotional attachment investment. Uh, but he's going to. But he's going to leave that. I mean, he's not. Well, what I'm saying is, they might think, okay, we can we can still make this work somehow. I mean, it, it, you in know, San Antonio, this, in San Antonio, yeah. They, they may say he'll eventually come around. Pop will, you know, he'll get back around the teammates. He'll get back around the organization. Pop will make it work. Whereas with Jimmy, it's like, it's such a, it's just him and Tibbs. It's just a wild card. I don't know. There is a big emotional attachment to this organization with him. But I think with, with the way things are with Tibbs now, Tibbs is thinking to, to himself, well, I'm going to be here long-term right or wrong. And Tibbs is thinking, as long as I'm here, Jimmy will stay. Cause if Jimmy signed now, which he could, he would get significantly less than he will a year from now. So I think the Wolves' thought process, which might be incredibly flawed, but the thought process right now is that Butler is going to stay. And I think the Spurs are being proactive with an unhappy player. I think the Wolves' perception internally is Jimmy's fine. Right. I I think I agree with that. I'm talking as if there's two different conversations here. There's the from Tibbs' perspective conversation, which is totally different than if you were to take the keys to that front office and say, okay, completely, like I, what would what would be the prudent move here? If you don't think Jimmy Butler is long for this franchise, if you think he's going to go sign with Brooklyn, there's rumors that him and Chris Paul are going to play mm. in Brooklyn in a, in a year from now. Or if he if he wants to go sign somewhere else, maybe he wants to go play with Russell Westbrook or something in a year. Whatever. Mm-hmm. If he's not, if if there's an eighty percent chance he's leaving after the year, and you ain't winning the championship this year anyways, shouldn't you one hundred percent be shopping well, him? But but. They sold us on this plan, and you can't deviate from that plan one year in. Why? I, well, I think because they've put all their eggs in this basket, and I but think, they don't have to if they trade Jimmy. Yeah, Butler. yeah but I, yeah, but I, I think the know, most man, important boy. thing thing here is is the only thing that matters right now is what Tibbs thinks. So I, you're dealing from a, a position of common sense about how they probably should be thinking. Hmm. They're dealing from uh, Tibbs is here. Glenn didn't fire Tibbs. Tibbs is convinced that, that he and Butler are going to be the the face of this franchise or run th- this thing long term. 
And so I think the only conversation that the Wolves are invested in right now is what does Tibbs think? And Tibbs, Tibbs is saying, I brought Jimmy here. I love him. Tibbs doesn't. And here, the most disturbing thing is I think Tibbs really thinks the plan works. I feel like you guys aren't engaging in my reckless speculation. Yeah. Right now, okay. Let me, let me pause this. But I know second. what you're saying. Okay. I don't care what Tom Thibodeau thinks. We all agree he loves Jimmy Butler and would play with it. He would coach Jimmy Butler until Butler is 70 years old. Yep. What I'm saying is. If you were the GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves right now and you took over for Tom Thibodeau's position and you looked at the Western Conference and your roster, would you push forward this year with Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins, or would you try to shake something up? No, I would. I would that's my question. I would. Well, you'd. That's based on how you conversations you had with Butler. Do you get a feel for like where he's at? I mean, it's hard to. If 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 I get the vibe that. Man, he's not in this thing. He's like, I can't stand Wiggins. I, you know, th- yeah. this is just one more year. But if he's of the mindset where, hey, I like playing with with a uh, cat, you know, Wiggins, whatever. But I, I, we can win here, blah blah blah. Then I think you see it through. But it's without knowing kind of where he's at in in your conversations with him, it's hard to make that call. But I, I just don't think. You know, I mean, you look. We are looking at it from Tibbs' point of view because this is his plan and his vision, and just he's tied to this guy, and he's going to see it through all the way. I, I, I could you imagine him saying, "All right, we need to put Jimmy on if the block." You, if you, no, I, no, he's not going to do that. Yeah, yeah he's for sure not going <laughs> to. If do you that. gave me the keys to the franchise this morning, my the rest of my summer is spent doing one thing: exploring, propping up, and trying to trade Andrew as much as I can. I, and I and I I would go to Jimmy and Carl and I would say, gentlemen, I love you, and and our our franchise plan is to build around you two, and you know if you can help me recruit, that's great. In fact, I need you to to do that. Uh, but my my entire time would be spent exploring the options of how I can get the most for a guy who is going to become a max contract player next season, and I don't think is ever going to be a max player. I agree. I mean, that'd be that, my job. That you know, I don't think you're going to takers, but that would be my sole focus this offseason is figuring out a way to, 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 to move him because I just, I don't think he's ever going to materialize what the player they thought he was going to be. I saw, I saw. Speaking of reckless speculation, uh, Dane Moore on Twitter yesterday. Reckless speculation covers the Wolves. Follow him on Twitter. He uh, he speculated a team like the Clippers looking for wing players looking for maybe lightning in a bottle long-term because they're not players in the Western Conference. DeAndre Jordan has one year left in his contract. It's a $24 million player option. He's 30 years old, but he's one of the best defensive and shot-blocking. If you're looking for Tom Thibodeau-type players, right, he's a better version of Taj Gibson, DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't shoot a free throw, so yeah. you want to take him off the court like games. But he's a he's a force defensively. Could you trade Andrew Wiggins... So that the Clippers could get something for expiring DeAndre Jordan, you'd be out from underneath, like Judd said, the five-year max. You'd get a one-year better player, and then you'd go use the mid-level exception to sign a wing player. Who, you know, there's three or four of them out there: yeah. Avery Bradley, Contavious Caldwell Pope, whoever. And then you'd really be all in, yeah, even more so because you'd, it'd be a short-term upgrade to your roster. Unless Wiggins jumps to the ceiling this year, I don't think we believe yeah. that's going to happen. And defensively, you would definitely get a lot better. Yeah, I mean that would be a you know. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just that contract is going to be such a, a you know, anchor on you. I mean, if, if he doesn't make a big jump, and I just, I mean, what signs have we seen that he's going to be able to do it? Hey, what what is the, uh, go back to the Kawhi, what, what is San Antonio going to get back in exchange for him? I mean, you're not going to get the value that he is as a player. And, and that's why I, I find it, 
funny that, that this whole thing with, well, with, well, he's going to join LeBron Lakers. and they're both going to the Lakers. Well, if I'm the, Sp- I think the Spurs are playing this perfectly. Let's talk more about this when we come back. Because Jed has a theory on this. I kind of disagree with it, but it's definitely, we're going to find out in the next few days, it sounds like. Mackie and Judd hanging out with Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Man, isn't this the greatest? On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Like, this is quality entertainment. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Reckless speculation. Because if we're banking on one summer for the Lakers, we're in trouble, right? We're in trouble because you have to give us time. This class, like I told you before I took the job and when I took the job, it's going to be a two-summer thing for the Lakers. This summer and next summer. And that's it. And then if I can't deliver, I'm going to step down myself. She won't have to fire me. I'll step away from it, you know, because then I can't do this job. So there's really been no... No Timberwolves, Kawhi Leonard steam, unfortunately. Yeah. We're waiting for them. Maybe that's the mystery team that'll jump in here. It's Maybe been, Wolves will report a mystery team. It's been boring so far. Mm. For the Wolves? Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's great for the, for the entire league. But for the Wolves, it has been, uh, it's been a snooze fest of an offseason. Yeah. The Wolves are in that Sorry. M- the mid-level exception speculation range, which is... Here's uh, what we need. Dull we, relative we to need LeBron stuff. a wild blockbuster trade. That, with, that's more with likely, the twins, yeah. with, with the Twins being crappy and the Wolves being boring, we need Paul Fenton to do something that we are like, whoa, didn't see that well, that's coming. A, that's the thing. If they can't trade Wiggins, it's yep. signing some mid-level veteran that, you know, he will be a contributor, but it's not going to really move the needle a lot. Yeah. Wait, before we get to Judd's Kawhi thing, what, what if a wild trade went down, would it happen before July 1st or would it happen after? Because free agency for the NHL starts July 1st too, right? <sighs> I... I don't know. I don't know, but I, I think in just everything you read and, and just knowing their their cap situation, I think it has to be a trade because they don't have a whole lot, whole lot of room nope. to, to even sign anybody. So if, they if they're going to do something significant, it's going to have to be a trade. And it, it probably depends on on the team that they might be trading with. And if you make a trade with a team that signs signs a guy off the market, then it would probably be after July 1st because if they get that guy or they don't, then they, they could make a trade for a guy like a Zucker. So... I don't know, but I mean, they are the one team in this town, I think, that has the at least probability right now of doing something significant. I expect nothing from the Wolves. The Twins are bad, and the Vikings are essentially retaining guys, which is great, but they don't need to make moves. Yeah, and you know, we've kind of all had fun with the the whole tweaks thing, but to me, I'm guessing Fenton's going to want to put his stamp on this team, and to do that, you make a you know significant because I I just don't think they could come back with the, the team largely intact. And think we're gonna team. we're gonna give it again, you know we're gonna do it it's again. Just keep. Team. I don't think that that's gonna be the right answer. It's all Chip Scoggins and how you define the word tweak. Yeah, that's what I've got. I'm going with. It's yeah. all in how how do you define tweak? I mean, some people think it tweaks a little bit here and there. Some people might think I just made 18 tweaks. <laughs> I just made a massive tweak. You know, you see that house I just tore down? Tweak. Yeah, <laughs> tweak. Yeah, that's a tweak. Yeah. It's still smoldering a little bit, actually. It's crazy. Right. Building a new property now. That's a tweak. Uh, all right, fire away on your your Kawhi uh, Lakers thing. So uh, during my, my time off, when I put down the harpoon beer, I came to realize, <laughs> gentlemen, that that this whole thing about Kawhi, you know, Kawhi is going to go to Los Angeles and LeBron is too, and it's all going to be great and fun, which it would be fun. But the San Antonio Spurs are the Patriots. The San Antonio Spurs are incredibly well run. And to think that the Spurs are just going to capitulate and say, oh, you know what? You guys are all right. He is. So if you're Popovich 
you're thinking to yourself, if I'm going to trade this guy within my conference, and essentially the second I do, they've got the probability to become a super team, I'm going to have to get an absolute ton, more so possibly than I would from, let's say, a Boston or, or an Eastern Conference team. So I just, I've just i begun to find it amusing that there was so, sort of this assumption that it would just be Kawhi wants out, Kawhi would like to go play for the Lakers, and thus Kawhi will be dealt to L.A., I think it's no, no, we'll do it if we get exactly what we want. But I, I think that's got to be an absolute windfall if you're the Spurs. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I agree because I, yeah, I think Paul's made it clear he doesn't like to trade within, and every team doesn't want to trade within your own conference. And I don't think he wanted, he wants to be viewed as he just got run over by a player or by another team. I mean, it's pop. You know, he, he's be not, like Belichick. Yeah. So, but it, don't it, you think that the so they won 47 games basically without Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. Don't you think Pop can stick a flag in the ground and just basically say, I mean, we went to the playoffs and almost won 50 games without you, and if we can get two really good pieces for one year of Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't want to be here, and still win 50 games without you, all right, have fun in Los Angeles. Yeah, I understand that that philosophy. That and he, he, he you can see Pop saying, I'll win with whoever. You know, you're not bigger than this organization. No one's bigger than this organization. Yeah. And so, you know. Forget you, we'll, we'll move on. But also think, if you're looking at it just from <clears throat> excuse me an asset standpoint, you, you want to get the best. You don't just give a guy away because he's disgruntled. You want to be, I mean, a superstar. You want to get as much back as you can. I mean, if I think there's for the Lakers, there's going to be a there's going to be a a LeBron tax that you would pay on a Kawhi Leonard trade. Mm-hmm. So in any in any vacuum, would you get as much if you're the Spurs for one year of Kawhi Leonard, a top five or seven player when he's healthy than you normally would? Uh, when a guy has demanded a trade, no. no. But if you're the Lakers, let's say there's two or three teams. Let's say Boston's having these conversations and Philadelphia's having these conversations with the Spurs right now. Hopefully the Timberwolves have picked up the phone and at least talked to them about Kawhi, Frander Wiggins. But let's say there's two or three teams in the mix here. Yeah. And, and the Lakers are looking at it saying, well, it'd be great to get Kawhi, but if we get Kawhi, we might also get LeBron James which means we're much more willing to pay dollar for dollar on a Kawhi Leonard trade than another team that would say, well, I mean, he's like, if you get Kawhi Leonard and the bonus is by getting him, LeBron James will sign with you in free agency. And now all of a sudden we're talking about Kyle Kuzma, who had a brilliant rookie season, six foot nine wing player who shot 40% from mm-hmm. three point range. Uh, Brandon Ingram had kind of a breakout season in some regards. He didn't play all the games, but. Like, if you can get a first-round pick in one of those guys for one year of Kawhi Leonard, and I think the Lakers would give that up, which brings me back to the Jimmy Butler thing. If you go to the Lakers right now and say, look, listen, if you go to the Lakers right now and you say, all right, and this would never happen, but this is in my own yeah, world. Yeah. Say, wait a second. If you're talking about guys like Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma and a first-round pick for one year of an established wing player, hell, we'll give you Jimmy Butler for yeah, Kyle Kuzma and what, a first-round pick if you want. And trade, it, it, Okay, let, let's go along with your assumption. You're the GM and you're trading Butler. What is your plan? Like, what's your vision? If I'm trading Butler, yeah, I'm looking to pair a young wing player that I trust in, like a Kyle Kuzma, with Carl Anthony Towns, and have something that fits in a window that works three years from now. So you're back to, to right a, now. you're back to a longer window than what? Correct. And I and I was all for shortening the window to get Jimmy Butler, hoping that this would work and that he would rub off on Wiggins. It hasn't worked. Rather than doubling down on it and getting nothing for him, I would rather just cash in chips Here- and go back to that. Two to three year out window. Here's your flaw, I think, though, is is even if you've got the roster construction right in your mind, what would drive you nuts is it would be the same coach. 
And, of course, and, yeah, and, when, yeah, and so you'd I be agree. watching these games with all these good young players who you traded for and liked, and he'd be doing the same BS stuff. He wouldn't, he wouldn't so stick he, around. He'd be gone after be gone one too. year. But yeah. how, how much of a factor is it was... They had this. What was the 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 playoff drought? Was it whatever? How many thirteen years? years? Thirteen years. Fourteen 13 years. years. Yeah. So you made it, and that was you know, for some people less than satisfying. But you made the playoffs, and and you you increased by seventeen wins or whatever it was. Would you be willing to take that step back and not be be a non playoff team again? Because that's probably what you would be. But I, well, okay, th- this year, you have no chance to do anything meaningful in the Western Conference, unless someone in the room disagrees. No. You, you're you can get about, to like, the playoffs. You've yes, got right. at least two teams, if not three, possibly. Yeah. So, if, up with so I'm looking out. If that if that happens, let's let's say you're the five seed. Hell, let's say you win 55 games or something, and everything meshes in the regular season, but you get drubbed in the playoffs again. And Jimmy Butler says, "I'm so sick of Andrew Wiggins. Like I dragged this team up and down the floor for 50 wins." Um, Tom Thibodeau continues to burn out the organization, and the Tom Thibodeau Jimmy Butler thing is just over after a year because Butler's contract is up, and he's injured for. A third of the season, on average, the last few years. Okay, what are you left with? So you you hung on to this current core, including a one year contract, and you're left like if. So my point is, if you could pivot off of the Jimmy Butler plan, and it's not even an, an indictment on Butler. I love Jimmy Butler. I think he's a great player, but he's not going to help this team do anything meaningful unless he signs yeah, I, a contract extension. If he doesn't want to sign a I contract think, extension, I, I think then trade trade him. You know, and, and a lot of stuff gets just looked at on the surface, and you'd have to sell that because around the league, the perception would be you traded Butler, kept Wiggins. Have you lost your freaking mind? And that would be the perception. I think the issue here is when, when we look at this team, we see what the plan is, and we don't like the plan, and I think we're right. I, I think that's the problem. I think you see – so you've got a playoff team now, but with, with this team – possibly being the best it's going to be, you're going into the teeth of two, if not three, teams that are going to beat you every single time. And so I think the discussion is, do you want a team now that can reach the playoffs, or do you want to put together a roster that, that you actually feel that as as Golden State and Houston are probably starting to decline can yes. can start to yeah. can still be then, be going up. And if you look at how this is currently constructed, I see one player here, Cat, but I see I see one player who can be on a roster or who is on a roster of a team that's going up that hill. And I see Butler probably being hurt or burned out. I don't see with Andrew. I don't see a guy who's going to be a max player. I see a guy who's going to have some good games. Who's always going to love his shot. But I think the discussion is, do you want a playoff team or do you want a team that can not only be a playoff team, but as the Rockets and Golden State are declining, you pass them. You know, one question you have to ask too is, I'm just throwing, I don't know that I necessarily believe it, but what kind of player would Wiggins become if Butler's not here? <laughs> or if Tom Thibodeau's not here and it was a different coach, which is, a, I think, an even more important question. But um, I think Wiggins kind of is who he is personality-wise. Me too. If he really had that fire and that passion, he'd find a way regardless of... In fact, if he, if he had that fire and that passion, he would mesh better with Jimmy Butler. They would just get along better. I think Jimmy looks over and says, dude... What are you doing? Yeah, you're just like yeah. literally coasting through every single game. And to what Judge just said, looking ahead and, and and just trying to make sure that you're not that you don't cut your window short or that you don't pigeonhole yourself in a spot where you have no assets to build on for the future around Carl Anthony Towns. Would you guys rather have 
the same exact setup right now. Let's say, I'll just give you this. Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns for one year and then no more guarantees because Butler's a free agent and he's going to be 30 years old before too long and he's banged up. But you're going to get one year of Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. Or, since the Lakers are so eager to to bring in a Paul George, the Lakers are looking to put together a win-now situation in this exact moment. And they're willing to trade for a one-year left-on-his-contract player in Kawhi Leonard, who's younger than Butler. But if they're looking to trade like Brandon Ingram for a win-now piece, it could either be Butler and Cat for one year or Brandon Ingram and Cat for a longer stretch. I'm taking Brandon Ingram and Carl Anthony Towns for a longer stretch. Yeah, if those are the two options. But and the Lakers are willing to wheel and deal. Yeah, and it, it goes back to the whole thing is like we we just don't know where Butler is in terms of would he stay here. Now, if you're saying I could have Butler for four years, yeah. I mean, I know you're worried about his, his age and injury history, but I, I, I just I'm not as worried about that as you are. I have the overwhelming feeling that this whole thing within the next two years is going to blow up. It's going to blow up. That's a shocker. It, this is going to blow up. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I didn't if see that look, one coming, John. If you, if you look at the if you look at the head coach and you look at how this how this team is constructed, and you also here's here's the thing I keep coming back to as a human being. You made the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. This should have been the ultimate feel good. This is this is awesome. You're back. And and the term that we used in in the spring that I still think applies is it was joyless. It felt joyless. Yeah. They had trouble selling playoff tickets. They had first time in thirteen years in a renovated building. You are back in the playoffs, and you should be. And, and this is if you have a good team that people like. This is a good basketball town. I yeah. don't buy this thing. Okay, so it's not. It's this is a good basketball town, and it was a joyless experience. And I think it stays that way. And and I think what's going to happen is is the whole thing with Tibbs is going to blow up. And the problem then is you're going to be left sort of with Glenn saying, "Okay, where next?" And and if that's the case, guess guess who's out of here immediately? Buckets. Yeah. Buckets is getting on the train with Royce going back to Chicago <laughs> on the Amtrak, and that's it. He tweeted, by the way, 15 minutes into this drive, it's the biggest mistake in my life. <laughs> it's late. The train's incredibly late. He didn't know it'd be late. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, hang tight. Mackie and Judge of Scoggins. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Coffee break. Better hurry if we want to get a seat. On 1500 ESPN. This is where the magic starts. Mackie and Judd now continue. Showtime! On 1500 ESPN. Join 1500 ESPN and supporting Minnesota's military, veterans, and families this Saturday at the 2018 Patriot Ride at the Anoka County Airport from 9 a.m. until 3. The event features a 70-mile ride, food, music, vendors, and more. Bike registration is now open. Details at 1500ASPN.com. Keyword events. Reckless speculation. You guys want more of this? Chip, do you want a little more? I can do this all day. A little more basketball <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> Come on, Chip. I literally can do this all day. Hours. We'll just... I won't be on vacation next week just like glued to my phone. <laughs> Put the phone down. Yeah. All right. Dad. Dave yeah. has a clip from Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. is horrible at predicting NBA Finals results. He was like 0 for 6 over a six-year stretch, but is very plugged in when it comes to player movement. Going to assume that he's not making this up. Give us some context here. When's this from, Dave? This is from today. Obviously not long ago, because what first take starts at 9 o'clock our time. So this is, uh, as they, I think, right off off the top of the show, they were addressing NBA rumors, Kawhi, L.A., blah, blah, blah. And this is what Stephen A. had to say. 
I got two phone calls last night after hours <laughs> with folks telling me that LeBron James reached out to Kevin Durant. Actually, Kevin Durant, you know that dude for the, 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 the reigning two-time mm. NBA Finals, MVP Max? Know that guy, one of the top three players in the world, that guy who just spent the last two years beating LeBron James in the NBA Finals? Well, LeBron James reached out to Kevin Durant via text from what I'm told uh, about coming to Los Angeles. Um, I don't know what Kevin Durant's response to him was. That is not the information that I got. But I will tell you what I did hear is that behind the scenes, Kevin Durant was like, why would I do that? You know what? As far as I'm concerned, LeBron James is a big time player, what have you. But the way I look at it, I should be perceived as the best in the world. I'm After hours. Speculations. <laughs> two? Two goals? After hours. Two. After hours. <laughs> Wow. Now, I didn't know Stephen A. kept hours. I, I was going to say, what what is after hours if you're Stephen A. Smith? Are we talking about calls after 9 p.m. Eastern? Are we talking about... I'd say 10. Yeah, yeah I think he works a solid 8, 8 to 10 p. Then he closes then up the hot take shop. <laughs> does it include, I was going to say, does it close up? Good night, hot take shop. Good night, Stephen A. Half an hour for lunch, mid, middle of the day. Does, does it include lunch? Is he, <laughs> does he bring, bring a box lunch? <laughs> <laughs> that would be... That would that would bring so, the NBA to his knees. So was that yeah. saying though that Durant Durant said to himself, "Why would I I want to do this because yeah, I'm stay, the because star. He should stay with Golden State. Yeah. They're winning titles, why, right? I mean, exactly. Why, yeah, so that makes thing. sense. He should stay with Golden State. They're going to win as many. Yeah, you know, if you're him and you're that Golden State, you just win as many titles you can until that thing run. You get tired or bored or you know injured or whatever. Does the super team era of the NBA or just let's call it the player movement era? Does it annoy you guys? Is it? I think it's. Amazing. I wrote about I think it's this. Fun. Yeah. I wrote about this the other day. You know, I know it turns some people off. It, you know, when you strip away the predictability of it, but I like the drama. I like, uh, I like watching a collection of all stars and and Hall of Fame players play basketball at the highest level. And you can say, well, you can, you know, right now you can pencil gold, pencil Golden State into the at least the semifinals of, of the Western Conference. You know, and possibly the you know the finals for uh, NBA. I, it doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't take away any interest for me. For the era of sports in which we are today, it's fantastic. You you tell me any other league where there is no no doubting it that that the free agency opening of that period beats opening night. Yeah. it beats mm-hmm. their playoffs. I think the the accumulation of talent going to these teams is so much fun. And that's the thing. Um, you know, when you have these super teams in TNT, if you play the Warriors versus the Celtics on Thursday night, people are tuning in to watch it because you want to see these these great teams play. And so I think there's a, a marketing aspect to it. I think there's a drama aspect to it. You know they're going to be the best teams. You know they're going to be in the finals barring, you know, a lot of injuries. And so people may say, oh, that, you know, that's boring or that, that takes away – the suspense. Well, who cares? You're watching great basketball, and you're seeing these, you know, amazing teams come together. Yeah, I mean, and the and the Wolves, man, the Wolves kind of like the, their their taste of it was bringing Jimmy Butler in last year. It's like they can't, they're not going to be ever part of the super team. They're never going to have the the Warriors or the or what the the Lakers are maybe going to do this off season. But they're we had a little taste of it a year ago with bringing Jimmy Butler. It is amazing when you have two what top fifteen players because they were. You know, two of the in, in the three team all NBA, 
and you're not even close. No, nope. <laughs> you're not even nope. really that close. Where would this? Where would the Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns pairing, if it was 15, 20 years ago, and you had two guys like that, and then you built out the rest of your roster with some peripheral pieces? You'd be one of the three. You'd 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 be a title contender because there wouldn't be a Golden State Warriors. There wouldn't. I don't think. Well, there certainly wouldn't be a Rockets. You know, three points, fifty yeah. percent of your shots type team. But if you <laughs> really? put that team in the late nineteen nineties, early two thousands, I don't think they're beating the Lakers. But they would be much more viable because oh, you've got the two superstar players. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, is there, there's always been dynasties on the NBA. Yes, they just they, Celtics, they happen. Lakers. They happen more organically than than what they do now. So. um there's been super teams that just haven't, the players hadn't organized it themselves, you right. know. And so I don't know, but, um, you know, this thought that you have to, uh, you know, in the Thibodeau's plan, well, let's get Butler, let's get older, let's, you know, build that way. You sort of have to step back and say, the Warriors and, and Rockets are so far above everyone else in, in the conference. And now, if, if LeBron comes to the conference, imagine if LeBron, well, that's LeBron the comes thing to the about, Western Conference. Yeah. You're all done then. Yeah. I mean, there's three teams then. And that's yeah. absolutely it. Yeah. Imagine so if you're the Spurs if you're, yeah, or the Wolves, it's not you're like matter. Utah and you're building this cool team that plays, you know, a fun style. You play defense. And that's an old school team. Yeah. It's like, how do you get over the hump if you're trying to build it the way they're doing it? You know, with young players. I got an idea. Consolation brackets. <laughs> NBA consolation <laughs> tournament. Right. The yeah, Utah the Jazz. JV the con- bracket, yeah. the <laughs> consolation champions of the NBA. Yeah. Congratulations. Right. I mean, but you could, this is the thing. If Utah were ever appealing enough to where a Kevin Durant, or if they had cap space coming up and they still had the three, if they still had, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant chose them for some reason, they would win the championship. Yeah. So I think it's about setting up the rest of your team like Boston did. Um, set up the rest of your team so that if it happens, yeah. <laughs> then you're ready to make it an appealing spot for uh, for free agency. Chip, thanks for coming. Yeah, in. thanks for yeah, All right, man, you're uh, you're going to be I'm on vacation, out on the West so Coast in next week. Yeah, so we'll see you in a couple Take time off, whatever. Yeah. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. You guys are forcing me to make write that down predictions because you're gone again tomorrow. Back. Oh, we offered you graciously an opportunity. I will take that opportunity with three incorrect predictions. Yeah. We'll be back. Uh, Roy Smalley and Matthew Collar later in the show. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. 1500 ESPN.